0: The stairs, bad news all around Don't And good afternoon, this is KZYX, I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. Hey, Drew.
1: Hello, Alicia.
0: This is the local coronavirus update. We come to you every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. to bring you the latest on the coronavirus. The latest
1: lo- and greatest.
0: Locally and elsewhere. Yes. And also answer your questions. And we will be opening up the phone lines at some point, after we gab. <laughs> At eight nine five two four four eight, that's 707 895 So, what's the latest, Drew?
1: Well, the latest is, surprise, COVID is still with us. Still with us. Um, okay. Our numbers locally are not really dropping, but they're not climbing either. So we've kind of leveled out. Uh, we're adding about six people a day still. I think it was seven a week ago. Um, our positivity is still Almost four um, percent, and our testing is just barely adequate still, which is good. I was afraid we we're going to drop into the inadequate sort of range, but we're holding steady at about 150 tests a day in the county um, per hundred thousand, so that's that's fine. Um, we've added 35 cases, bringing our number up to 4,274 as of Friday. Uh, we have five hospitalized two in the ICU um and about 80 people in isolation or quarantine um
0: yeah boy what did we have we had like a teaser yeah we, and had, a half ago.
1: we had we had none for probably three or four weeks, no hospitalized COVID patients in the county uh, for a while. And this just reflects primarily um, people, you know, letting their guard down. Relaxing, yeah. Well, I mean, it's been quite a while, so at some point you (laughs) you have to start doing things. And the messaging is, you know, a little bit unclear. I mean, I I think everybody hears you don't need to wear your mask anymore, whether you're vaccinated or not. Um, And so, you know, the unvaccinated are mingling with the vaccinated. And it's primarily the unvaccinated who are getting sick. And I say primarily because we actually have seen a few people um, present to medical attention who are vaccinated um, and are symptomatically, you know, even significantly symptomatically sick. But these are people with um, significant comorbidities and immune suppression generally. And so, you know, as I've said previously, if you're vaccinated, generally you're going to be fine. But there's that major asterisk, which I keep reiterating because that, that alone should really sort of push the national um, mood toward 100% vaccination. And we're just not there. We're, we're really sort of hovering at about a million uh, new vaccines a day administered, um, down from 3.3 million. And it's plateaued at that. It's still trending downward, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to continue with this these numbers, I think, locally and probably nationally for a month or two, and then it's probably going to start to uptick, uh, particularly um, in the southern states where the vaccine rates are considerably lower. Why? <laughs> well, because the vaccine rates are lower. And no,
0: I don't mean that. I mean, why is it going to uptick?
1: well because we're going to start we're, we're going to have more and more congregate gatherings um school's going to get back in session um it gets generally in the south it starts pretty early um and you know kids don't generally get sick from it but they do carry it and transmit it to some extent and if there's you know if we're talking about um you know mississippi with 29 percent of their population vaccinated um and projection state that's going to take over a year for them to get to 70 percent, it's you know there, there are plenty of naive people that can get COVID still in the state like that mm-hmm.
0: naive meaning
1: naive meaning many things
0: <laughs> <laughs> never had covid <laughs> yes
1: yes that's that's what i meant in that particular i instance. thought so it was like yeah.
0: the medical meaning yeah. of naive yes um just clarifying okay well we have um a couple of pieces of news um there is still coronavirus news and one of them is what happens tomorrow in the state of california
1: june fifteenth. knives out
0: no, we get very naive again. Oh yes. <laughs> so I guess we're going beyond the blueprint tomorrow, and um, all of the tiers are being
1: the blueprint's being shredded. Yeah, yes, we're shredding the blueprint. Yes. Thoughts? I, I, you know, I've never been a big fan of sort of this county by county tiered system. It just seemed to not really reflect how um, COVID spreads, and um, you know, it doesn't certainly honor. County lines, um, and by the time you start to pick it up in the data, it's way too late. So I've never been a big fan of that. That really reflected more of the political realities of business interests, particularly in the southern part of the state, driving the paradigm on that. So I'm happy to see the tears go. I, I think that the the communication around social gatherings and masking has not been super clear, um, or at least open to. Misinterpretation, um, because you know the unvaccinated are also going to be the unmasked, um, and that just really is a significant problem mm-hmm. um, in this county and in this state. It's just, it's just true, unfortunately, and there's just still a fair amount of traction um, around misinformation that you know is played out in the fact that the twenty-five. You know, red and purple states in this country have the lowest vaccination rates. I mean, that really reflects the political realities of the first year of this pandemic's management. Um, and we're stuck with that still, um, you know, what, five months into the Biden administration. It's right. just, you can't, you can't reverse, you can't turn the ship around too quick.
0: Right, you're slow out the gate, you'll yeah. never catch up. Yeah. Well, and so... The other, so we're we're going beyond the blueprint, um, and is that, so is that
1: their slogan? Beyond yeah, the blueprint, yeah, yeah, It's and, and, you you know, catchy. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, I mean, don't know. It's like shorthand. It's like what else to call it? Um, <laughs> But you're talking about the messaging to people ha- having not been cleared. You mean so that the messaging from CDC and now from the California Department of Public Health is vaccinated people don't need to do lots of these things. We don't need to mask anymore. And yeah, this, I, but you're saying that like messaging to vaccinated people is really not who you need to target because the correct. people who are unvaccinated are going to feel like they don't have to wear masks correct. either.
1: Correct. Okay. Yes. On. And, you know, I I think local businesses, I think businesses should still require indoor masking. It's not that burden. Right, right? Well, and
0: that's what it really seems like to me is that everything's now being shifted onto kind of private businesses to right, which is, that's which, is people just, gather. which is just which is just. Yeah,
1: I, I can't swear on the hair. I mean, I'm but reaching your for the reach, I saw you reach button. over there. How long have I been doing this now, Alicia? Come on. Well, it's but a reflex. It's, it's baloney, right? I mean, it I shouldn't so. be put on businesses to enforce some arbitrary local business decision to require masking. It should just be required still. And the fact that it isn't, I'm not talking about masking for you know outdoor events or athletics or social events outside, but if you're going into a store, there should just be a masking requirement. its It's really not that hard. And, you know, mask up, even for the 1 to 3% of the people who are significantly immune suppressed and are hopefully all vaccinated but still get sick from this. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's just misguided and it really reflects sort of the political pushback that has developed around this pandemic in terms of masking and you know whether it's all a hoax etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean we've been dealing with so much information on this pandemic for so long um that unfortunately it is being reflected in the CDC guidelines and frankly the CDC has been you know <laughs> it's been let's say less than stellar through this pandemic right Do
0: you think- that's part of it. Like, I, Dr. Corin on Friday was saying, you know, I could put m- stronger regulations in place for Mendocino County, but I don't think it would make a difference. I don't think that people would follow it, and I think it would inspire pushback, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. Um, sorry if I got it wrong, Dr. Corrin. But um, but it's that kind of thing. Like, like we can put rules in place, but people are not really well, inclined I, to follow
1: them. Well, they're fine. If they're not inclined to follow them, that's fine, but it, at least it gives cover to businesses that want to do yeah. the right thing, right? And so, should require continued indoor masking for places of business, period. And whether there are, you know, stores here and there that don't enforce it, then you just, you know, you vote with your wallet and you stay, away, stay out of those stores if you want. But those who do want to enforce it have the backing of the government to continue to enforce it. So I, I think Andy's a little bit you know, coming with some weak sauce on, on that point.
0: All right. The yeah. weak sauce rating there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, and then we have a... Anything else on that before we move on to the other news? No,
1: please move okay, on. Okay,
0: NovaVax.
1: Oh, so exciting. We
0: have some some vaccine, some new vaccine news. And you know,
1: <laughs> six months ago this would have been banner headlines, <laughs> and now talking about burying the lead, right?
0: No, and they're not they're thinking of not even giving it emergency approval because we don't really need it.
1: Don't need it, yeah. So that's why the lead has been buried because yay, new vaccine, and we it have really and we well. have you know a six week supply that's not being utilized right now in the United States. So. I
0: was I, I looked at the Article and just look down for how many shots. Because if it was a one-shot vaccine with a hundred percent effectiveness, that would be news. Well, there's nothing like hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it's two. It's two, um, but it is. It's one of the Novavax is one of the warp speed um, beneficiaries, um, and it is a protein-based vaccine. Um, so, it's it's an interesting vaccine. They've used protein-based vaccines for flu. Um, they've also done a lot of uh, trials for HIV vaccines. Using this technology, um, and this one test, I think the study involved just about 30,000 people, and it showed efficacy that was more or less identical to the Pfizer-Moderna vaccine um, with. Apparently fewer sort of vaccine side effects the day or two afterwards, fewer sore arms, fewer fevers and chills, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So that's all very good. the The reality is, as you said, they're not going to apply for the. They're probably not going to bother applying for the emergency use authorization. Uh, I mean, they're going to go for full FDA approval, which probably won't be forthcoming until October or November. At which point, it's really not going to change anything in this country because anybody who wants the vaccine, even at this point, has probably already gotten it, um, and you know there's going to be continued slow uptake of mm-hmm. the very effective um, Pfizer, Moderna, and J and J vaccines. So it doesn't really change things mm-hmm. here, um, but it does hold promise, you know, for international use. And additionally, there's some thought that it could be quite helpful for uh, formulating the booster shot against some of these variants. Because uh, it was
0: very effective against the variants. It was. Yeah, it wasn't,
1: I wouldn't say it was, it was less effective than the 90% um, against some of the variants, particularly the South African variant, um, but it was still quite effective. And, it could, again, it could be tweaked pretty easily to you know, sort of hone in on that.
0: Well, okay, so now that we're all experts on different forms of vaccines, <laughs> so this one gets around the disinformation campaign about mRNA vaccines, because it's not an mRNA vaccine. Correct. Um, so, but... When I read the, the article that I read about it, they're producing, like, vats of this protein. <laughs> like, they have to actually create this protein in the lab? Yes. How does it work?
1: Yeah, so they they extract the protein, or they create the protein, and we're talking about the spike proteins of the coronavirus, so the unique proteins or the distinctive proteins, shall we say, of the coronavirus are um, created in a lab in a large vat. I think they're injected into moths, as I recall. Um Aww. And then they're... <laughs> <laughs> so, to, cr- to, to what? To test it or no, to create it? No, to grow it. Um, and then, obviously, it's purified and distilled, etc. And then the interesting thing about the protein, and, you know, basically that protein is then injected um, in the form of the vaccine, and... Um, into your arm, which then creates the, you know, the whole cascade of immune response. Then your
0: body responds right. to the protein. Yes. Not, it doesn't not, create not, the protein. It doesn't then...
1: create the protein in your in your tissue. It's already pre-created when it's injected. However, um, protein-based vaccines typically don't create much of an immune response. And so these have to have a, an additional chemical injected with them. Um, and this one is, and all of the homeopaths out there will like this, it is derived from the soap bark tree, um, which is a coniferous tree that grows in central Chile. Um, So they derive a very complex compound from that bark of that tree um, from, I think only one or two companies in Chile that extract this. And uh, that is compounded um, with the with the proteins, and that compound is very um, immunogenic. It, it triggers the immune response, and so it brings a lot of these immune cells to the site of the vaccine, the vaccine administration, i.e., the arm, and it then allows them to identify these artificially injected proteins and create immune response that's so wild it's crazy right so
0: now are we going to have like decimated yes yeah, so forests? the soap
1: bark trees are you know yeah it's it's like the trufula trees unfortunately oh
0: really you know? oh when well, the last trifoliate tree yeah. was chopped down uh-huh. okay well that's so interesting thank you i knew you were the right person to ask about that <laughs> all right the last little piece of news is it's so it's not solely it's news for us, yeah, uh, yeah. but that we since we are finishing up the local coronavirus update on the 28th, it's going to be our last show. Uh, so two more weeks after this one, we are going to celebrate.
1: We are. Yes, I am. I know I am.
0: We are. Um, you, <laughs> you'll you'll after the celebration you'll celebrate. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a little open house potluck here at the station, four o'clock on Monday the 28th, to just kind of. Thank you for being here for a year and a half, every week and more, keeping us up to date on the coronavirus. And
1: I'll, I'll be sure to shower before
0: the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you want to be authentic? <laughs> and everybody's invited. Yes. So this is an open house. Yes. And if you, you, know, if, if you want to come and celebrate with us and uh, say thanks to Dr. Colfax and say goodbye. That, that, for, but that'll be for fun now. it will so be long. fun
1: um, I also kind of asked that we put out a donation pot for okay. Yeah. good so, idea yeah you know.
0: Donation pot And also um, musicians Bring your m- instruments We're going to put up A little pop up outside And wow. play some I don't Fancy know, John Prine songs Or something oh, Maybe poor, some Lucinda Williams Or John Prine
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think people have had enough Of that Oh my god song. I'm making you have a sing along yeah. ah,
0: Sorry Okay well Nobody has to sing It's yeah. fine We can just listen Alright so that's the news Anything else Before we open up the phone lines
1: not really. The Delta variant has been getting a lot of press um, this week, and I'm, I'm frankly not sure why. And that's that's one that initially came out of India and then migrated to Britain and is here as well. B1617, I think it is. Um, it's getting attention because it is certainly much more contagious um, and it seems to be more virulent. Um, curiously, and from an ER doctor's perspective, somewhat comfortingly, um, people get sick earlier on in the in the presentation of that particular variant. The good news um, for all of us who are vaccinated is the vaccine seems to be quite effective against it. Um, so whether that translates to anything real on the ground here in the U.S. or not, I, you know, it remains to be seen, but it's it's still containable with the vaccine, so that's good. So,
0: but it sounds like it's much more dangerous for unvaccinated people.
1: It's it, it's moderately more dangerous for unvaccinated people, but it's certainly much more infectious, much more contagious. Um, and so, indoor gatherings of unvaccinated people with this variant around, it, you're going to see larger outbreaks, um, and then you're going to see people get sicker um, sooner in their illness um, if it if it comes here you
0: know that's something as we have been much more social and you know we've been visiting friends and having parties or gatherings or going to restaurants um i'm never sure like i'm not gonna go asking people if they're vaccinated or not i'm just not gonna do that and then i just tell myself well it's it's fine anyway because i'm vaccinated but how would you approach that i mean is it fine am i am i in denial
1: no you're not in denial i mean I, I, i i I has I wouldn't ever recommend asking anybody that no. you don't know whether they're vaccinated or, even or not if because you know them you well, know if you're good friends, you might sort of find out whether they're vaccinated right. and if not, you know have that conversation by all means um but no, you're not in denial. If you're with somebody and they, you know, you don't know their vaccine status, and you're vaccinated, again, presuming you're not at high risk of doing poorly or being one of these vaccinated failures, um, then then you're fine. You know, socializing and mingling. I say failure. I mean, you know, failure to mount Feel an like immune a response. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is true. You yeah. just fail to mount the appropriate true. response to the vaccine, um, which is which happens. Um, and it, it happens in sort of identifiable um, pop, you know, identifiable subset of the population. Um, and so in that particular case, then, no, you really need to know whether the person you're getting together with is vaccinated. And, you know, whether you feel comfortable telling them why you need to know that or not is, you know, it's a, a, you know a process I can't really weigh in on. But... It certainly is incumbent to know that um, with a fairly high degree of reliability, otherwise you're just putting yourself at needless risk.
0: okay, well, that's good to know. So if I was somehow medically more vulnerable, I would yeah, and
1: obviously not knowing your medical know. history, but presuming that you're not immune suppressed due to medications or chemotherapy or you know solid organ transplant, et cetera. et cetera. Not
0: yeah. recently yeah. no yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, well, that's good um. All right, should we open the phone lines? Sure. Okay, so it's the local coronavirus update. Alicia Bales here with Dr. Drew Colfax. And the number in the studio here to call in and ask your questions or inquire about COVID is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448, and we'll take our first call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air.
3: Hi, thanks so much for all of your time and the great information you've shared with us all. And I wanted to ask Coach Colfax if he could tell us any recommendations. We're starting camp next week with kids who are too young to be vaccinated. It's all outside. And what do you think the priority for um, COVID precautions?
1: Yeah, so if they're too young to be vaccinated, then we're talking kids under the age of 12. um, And we know that they can get COVID, they don't generally get very sick with COVID, Um, so I the outdoor precautions there presuming it is going to remain all outside is just really good hand hygiene Um, and you know, I don't know if this is a camp where people are going to be fed food but some, some mild distancing outdoors I think would be a good idea, don't have people, you know 12 people on a single park bench kind of thing um but other than that um i I wouldn't recommend anything more aggressive i I think that's very low risk
3: so you think we're okay without masks if we're playing outside yeah
1: i do wow i know right
3: yes yeah thank you all right i just
1: made a lot of happy kids i bet
3: oh my gosh all right well i so appreciate that and um thanks for all of your help of course
1: All right, thanks for the call.
0: Phone lines are open at 707-895-2448. I'm just wondering what public health is going to think about that advice you just gave. Yeah,
1: well, they can weigh in. (laughs) They can. 707-895-2448. Speaking of uh, weighing in, we are about to cross a rather grim, if arbitrary, milestone, probably sometime tonight. 600,000 U.S. deaths from COVID, which... Is approximately equivalent to every U.S. fatality in every war since the turn of the century. <laughs> wow! Turn of the 19th century. Um, so you know, I'm sorry, 19, 1900. Uh, the, the end 1900 of the 19th century and yes. now. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty astonishing, right? A crazy. It's all fake We're going to be yeah.
0: really dealing with that for a long time. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. That's O. No. Try again, callers. I will do what needs to be done if we can't get you on. Hey, caller, you're live on the air.
1: Something's
0: not right. Okay. Try this one. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Okay. You keep talking. <laughs> I'll be right back. Oh, let's try. Let's just try. Oh, here's the problem. Hi, caller, you're live on the air.
4: Hi. Um... A friend and I are both vaccinated. My friend lives with her unvaccinated adult son and grandson. Um, Can my friend and I, being both, both vaccinated, travel together and share a room, even if she is around someone who isn't vaccinated?
1: Yes, I think that's fine, presuming that both your friend, you and your friend, um, aren't at high risk of, you know, having a poor response to the vaccine. So if you're not immune suppressed, um, your 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 risk is entirely manageable, I would suggest.
4: Great. Thank you. Okay. One more question? Yes, of I course. I saw that the CDC said that choirs can sing indoors if people are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Last time I heard you on the air, you said that wasn't a great idea. Just wondering your thoughts.
1: (laughs) I still don't think that's a great idea. Um, It's a lot of you know, that's one of the many CDC um, recommendations that I disagree with. Um, but, you know, that's their guideline. Um, but, the, you know, the singing indoors is just about as high risk as you can get. Um, and, you know, depending on the choir, um, some of them might be elderly, some might be suppressed, which is to say that they are naive to the coronavirus still and could be carrying it. So it's not... It, it's not without risk. Uh, I, you know, and so I, I don't think it's a great idea. I don't know if it's going to happen a lot in this county. Um, and then there's also the question of enforcement, right? I mean, are you going to really demand the, you know, the unlaminated paper vaccine card before you're allowed to get into church on Sunday morning to sing? I, well, it, it's not. It's not a church. It's a
4: community choir, and yes, we would we would require showing the vaccination card. If- there
1: was any doubt. Yeah, you know, if everybody's comfortable, you know, putting up their vaccine card, um, then that risk becomes more manageable. Um, You know, if people in the audience are uncomfortable with that, wearing a mask would, I think, mitigate that risk considerably. Um, Obviously, I am of strong opinion that everybody should be masked indoors anyway still.
4: Well, I'm actually not even talking about performance Ah. at this point. You're just talking about rehearsal yeah like twenty some odd people getting together and rehearsing
1: yeah if all twenty people Without masks. Uh, if all twenty people are on the same page in terms of their comfort with risk and they're able they're willing to share their vaccine cards with one another, then I think you have a pretty honest and respecting uh, you know group respecting um, bunch of people. Who are going to not show up with you know sort of mild flu-like symptoms um, and or lie about their vaccine status? Um, and I, I think that's I think that's tolerable. I'm just not sure it's a great idea as a national policy to say that this is this is okay at this point. Uh
4: huh. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm glad to hear about the traveling.
1: Yeah. And so
4: uh, are we all, right? Anything.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Thanks thank for you call. for listening. All right. right. So, I figured out what the phone problem was. and Operator error? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so everybody can call in now. 895-2448. Those of you who had tried to get through, uh, now I can get you through. Yeah. But now that I figured out what I did wrong,
1: 895-2448. All right. And... Others are not so local news. I don't know if anybody saw this, but the Houston hospital that required vaccine status um, won their lawsuit. um, Oh. uh, You know, allowing them to continue to require vaccine status for all of their employees, and they are moving to dismiss those employees who are electing not to get vaccinated.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That'll be a game changer. Interesting,
1: right?
2: Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, Afternoon. First of all, I want to say that uh, I find this program to be absolutely excellent, the best that I've heard, and uh, I, I listen to a lot of national media, it's, it's really excellent. So, well, thank,
5: thank you. That.
2: Um, I, uh, my question is, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but where, where does the virus arbor? That is, where does it live when it's not in paper? It
1: doesn't. It has a very, well, it has a moderately short half-life. And I don't know if you've been listening since the very beginning, but we spent a lot of time talking about a, or a study, sort of a limited study, talking about how long the virus would live on paper and copper and plastic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But really... Right. Within about 24 hours, the vast majority of the virus is going to die um, unless it's in a human host. Um, And frankly, I think the actual number um, of hours is probably a small fraction of 24. I think we're talking more like somewhere between 30 minutes and 2 hours before the rate of death is so far um, down that um, inverse logarithmic curve um, that we're talking, you know, trivial risk after 2 hours in an enclosed space.
2: Right.
1: So, wow. That's crazy. Right? No, I know. It is crazy. I mean, we literally could have stopped this virus in the track. (laughs) In its tracks, if we had all had 100% masking and stayed indoors for three days, it would have been done, period, full stop.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, we still can if we get on it. Well, okay, I know, so, but
1: I think that ship has sailed.
2: Uh, so I have a conception about the vaccine. To check out. The question is, once you're vaccinated, can the virus, I assume the virus can land on you you can get it in your airways. Yes. Has is, is the, is the vaccination prevented the virus from replicating on the surface? No, the virus... The okay, vision. actually,
0: can I ask you to repeat that question, because he's really breaking up. And caller, can I ask you to um, take your answer off the air? Okay. Yeah, your phone's really hard to understand. Sorry about that. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Okay. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so so the the question just to repeat it um is whether somebody who's fully vaccinated can still contract the virus um which is to say can it still land in their airways and yes obviously um that individual can still um, be exposed to the virus Uh, it'll go into the you know into the eyes or into the into the oral or nasal airway um and start to replicate what happens next however is where the vaccinated and the unvaccinated people (laughs) differ um for the unvaccinated the virus takes off and starts to replicate quite quickly commandeering um, the cells you know protein um, manufacturing system Um, whereas for the vaccinated um, that um, intrusion that pathogen is recognized quite quickly and it triggers a whole cascade of immune response and it is killed it is literally killed um, in the body's cells um, soon after arrival um, with a very very high degree of precision um, and um, completeness. It is, you know, it's it is wiped out of the body in the vast majority of people who are fully vaccinated. But yes, they, you know, people who who are vaccinated will get the virus and will get it in their nasal pa- passages, typically, most often. Um, but it's just killed at that point by the body's immune system
0: without much of a r- immune response like you, you won't even know it yeah you no typically symptoms.
1: won't even know it now you know that's not for 100 percent of the people these vaccines are not 100 percent effective but they're 90 percent effective so you know for the vast majority of people who are exposed to covid after they've been vaccinated they'll have no symptoms at all It'll just be a non-starter so to speak
0: all right we have another call hello caller you're live on the air
5: thank you I want to thank you so much for, uh, for presenting this great evidence based show and first of all can you hear me
1: yeah I can yes thank you okay, for good. Words. I want
5: to call everyone's attention to an article I read this morning uh, entitled The Origin of COVID Did People or Nature Open Pandora's Box at Wuhan it's in the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists at the thebulletin.org and it presents the evidence for each of the arguments and lets the reader decide which is more likely and um, also, I had a question. Uh, now that a year and a half have passed, is there any evidence that cannabis confers any protection against beta coronavirus uh, or provides any efficacious treatment?
1: I have so as to your first point um about the article in the bulletin i haven't seen that um there has obviously been more talk recently particularly with biden's push to open up the investigation as to the origins of this um but there's really still no data at all from what i've seen um pointing toward a lab air um or a military uh, militarized um, weapon that was accidentally released from wuhan maybe this article you know, lays out more arguments that i haven't seen so i'm looking forward to checking that out it's-
5: very good. S- yes, certainly, I recommend it.
1: It's a reputable source, so I will vouch for that. Uh, they, they
5: haven't found any bat uh, in nature that, that has this. So, yeah, uh, no, exactly. And there's a specific sequence uh, well I'll leave it up to you to read the article and, yeah. and decide for yourself which is that's what the best thing is uh, for my second question yes yeah, you, so your you second have question
1: I haven't seen any data um, on cannabis um, conferring any sort of protective effect um, against either contracting covid or mitigating the severity of the illness now obviously cannabis for some people um, not for everybody to be sure but for some people um, it does mitigate sort of the aches and the pains and the nausea that Um, an acute coronavirus illness can bestow upon you, so it will help um, for some people with low symptoms. But in terms of good, robust data, no, I haven't seen anything, and that, unfortunately, tends to be the case with most cannabis uh, utilization. There's just not a lot of data out there in in the medical literature, um, with the near exception of seizures, where it's
5: been proven to be helpful. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yep.
1: All right. Thanks for Bye.
0: the questions. And it probably wouldn't be great to smoke it, though, if you were having COVID Yeah, it's COVID generally symptoms.
1: not a good idea to smoke anything. To
0: smoke anything. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. you could take it some other way. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: But, you know, don't hang your hat on a great deal of efficacy.
0: Okay. But not as a preventative or a treatment. Correct. All right. Hey, caller, you live on the air.
2: Hi. Uh, doctor, looking for some risk assessment here. Probably know the answer. Uh, I'm fully totally vaccinated, but I'm on some pretty strong immune-suppressing uh, medication. Uh, I've been invited to a family wedding in New York in October. Uh, my guess is a lot of people there will be uh, not masked, and there's the travel as well. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, I'm not sure how important this family wedding is to you, but if you're immune-suppressed. Um, I, I think the risk benefit on this um, probably augurs toward your not going. Um, and it, you know I, I don't think it'd be necessarily fair of you unless you're the father of the bride or groom to ask that everybody yeah. mask up because you're immune suppressed. Um, so I unfortunately, I think this is something you might have to take a hard pass on this October.
2: That's so what I thought the answer would be, but yeah. that's your opinion, I, I appreciate all you've done. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Sorry. Yeah, no I know, right? I'm usually Mr. Yes, but... But not this
0: time. I well, I mean, if that's the truth, then... Well, it, it, it's an estimation, right? Yeah, it's, it's a risk-benefit yes. analysis. All right, 895-2448 is the number here in the studio. The phone lines are working. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're lit up. <laughs> they're lit up, and we have, we're have we going to be here until 4 o'clock. So you've got uh, a, w- a ways to go, and you can get your call in. Hey, caller, you're live on the air.
2: Hey, thanks for the show. Hey, I just wonder what you thought about attending a indoor concert with uh, two to 300 people uh at
1: this point. Yeah, indoor two to three hundred, that that's a big group. Um, you know, and given where we're moving in California that necessarily won't necessarily be masked. Um I don't know. I mean if it were the who I might consider it, but uh if it's if it's somebody else, I, I would I would think about it long and hard. You're probably fine if you're young, healthy, and vaccinated. Honestly, uh, and so, you know, if you're willing to sort of roll your roll the dice in that. Um, in that narrow category of young healthy vaccinated people your risk is really quite low indeed even if say 50 percent of the people are are unmasked going to a concert and you know rocking and rolling to music wearing a mask i don't know it doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me but that's probably the safest recommendation i could give you
2: okay great thanks
1: yep
0: all right thanks for the call
6: hello caller you're live on the air Oh, great. Um, I haven't been listening for about 10 minutes while I've been trying to dial in, and so I hope nobody's asked this, but I think the doctor said that he thinks that if you're in a public place, indoors, everybody should wear a mask. Is
1: that right? I think that should still be the the mandate, um, not just countywide, but statewide and nationwide. Uh, we're still dealing with... Fourteen, fifteen thousand 15,000 cases a day in the United States. That's not a trivial number. Um, Okay, but what
6: I want to know is Mm -hmm. there's so many stubborn people that just won't do it. They won't get the vaccination. I know. I mean, it seems like they're begging people to get it. And when is it going to end? When is there going to be enough people vaccinated so we can go to a public place indoors and not wear a mask?
1: Well, that'll probably end when the numbers drop to a trivial level, which we're not at yet um you know remember where we were a little you know a year and year and a half ago when we were talking about the two cases we had in this county and people were freaking out about two cases and right now we're we're still racking up six to eight cases a day um and so our numbers are many times worse than they were last february march april
6: um yeah but people are vaccinated now
1: well some are and some aren't and like the uh, previous caller you know some people are still pretty susceptible to covid um and so i think that masks should still be required indoors uh for the foreseeable future until the numbers drop you know down to a couple thousand nationwide which is to say we have this thing under control a couple
6: Um, thousand what nationwide
1: new cases a day
6: you mean positive tests yeah no yes
1: correct yes
6: not necessarily sick but having a positive test
1: correct yes because that tells, um, us, that tells us how much virus is circulating in the population around us.
6: Okay, so if you had your druthers, we'd, we'd be keeping on wearing masks for a long, long time in the future.
1: Yeah, and we wouldn't be dying. So, those, you know, that's sort of the risk-benefit. Wear a mask indoors when you're out in public or risk of death either to you or to other people in that indoor setting. I don't think it's a hard ask, right? And so I'm not really sure why there's so much pushback toward a universal indoor masking requirement.
6: Yeah, well, that, that's because some people think it is a big ask to to wear a mask every time they go shopping or, or what have you. And so you know, we just I know, disagree. I know. No,
1: well, I I know, but it's not like asking an 18-year-old to go on to Normandy, right? I'm no. pretty
6: frustrated with people that refuse to get vaccinated, even though oh. it's offered to them, even if they get a gift for don't, getting vaccinated. I know. Don't get me right? started there. Yeah, don't <laughs> get me started there. We're and on so the same so I'm page. like, I'm just so tired of carrying water for the people that refuse a vaccination, you know? I know. I'm I just know. frustrated with it, you know? I know. Well, no,
1: you know, it's just, so,
6: it's one of so, those... It is a source of frustration
1: for many of us, to be sure. Um, But, you know, there are still some barriers to getting vaccinated, and some of them are legitimate, and unfortunately some of them aren't. Um, And, you know, gradually we just have to keep chipping away at both the legitimate barriers and the illegitimate barriers to getting vaccinated. We'll get there. And in the meantime, we're just going to have to be annoyed wearing these blasted masks when we go indoors. I just, I think it's a smart thing to do. I for yeah. one am not. I hear gonna... you,
6: but I don't think I don't think that opinion is widespread. You know, I don't think I know. it's going to fly I know. for very much longer.
1: I I agree, especially when you know the CDC and the state of California are saying you don't need to wear a mask indoors if you're right. vaccinated.
6: Right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway,
0: thank yep. you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs>
0: thanks for the comment.
1: I don't know if she's annoyed with me or just annoyed with COVID, but well, maybe a little of both.
0: And when you say we'll have to wear masks for a long, long, long time, I mean, there is a relationship between the length of this and not wearing masks, right? If we wear it, masks, it won't be so long it, that we have to do it, this.
1: The, the more we wear masks and the more we get vaccinated, the sooner we get the out of shorter. this. And, and every business owner should recognize that. That's, you know, that's that's the frustration, right? Yeah. All I mean, right. I want to go to movie theaters. I don't want to wear a mask. I want to eat out and rest and, you know, it's it's fine for me because I'm vaccinated at this point, but, you know, not everybody is.
0: Yeah. All right, let's take another call. It's KZYX, local coronavirus update, 895-2448. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hello, good
3: afternoon. I'm calling to pose the perspective of a vaccine hesitant community member. Good. Um, I am super excited that the Novavax... Is moving forward, although possibly I heard from you guys not with FDA approval yet. Um, my biggest concern about vaccination is the newness of the mRNA technology, and I mean I've done a lot of I've done a lot of research into all the different kinds of vaccines, and I really appreciate that the protein subunit technology being used with Novavax has been used for a ton of vaccinations, so it's been used for hepatitis B. Just like you said, it's also used for shingles and meningitis. So for me, that's just the only vaccine that I would feel comfortable getting right now is one that has a technology that's tested and used. And, you know, I hear from the last caller and from a lot of people, like, frustration with those of us that are unvaccinated and there's like a personal conflict there for a lot of people as well, but for, and scientifically, I don't see any problem with the mRNA vaccine. But it's not something that I feel comfortable with. So, I you mentioned at the beginning of the show when you were talking about Novavax, you know, a vaccine is a vaccine. But I personally believe that if Novavax was available, that a decent percentage of unvaccinated people would take that vaccine just because it has been used for other illnesses for so long.
1: Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I I think the greater variety of vaccines that are um, out there, uh, the more people will be able to choose the one that they're most comfortable receiving, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people saying that they wanted the J&J or the Janssen uh, single-dose vaccine uh, w- over the Pfizer-Moderna, perhaps because it's just a single dose, but perhaps, you know, for other reasons. That, you know, that I don't I didn't have any particular um, recommendation as to which one should be administered. I'm happy if anybody will accept any vaccine. Um, The Novavax vaccine, the protein sort of technology that they've used, has been... Um, studied and utilized since the you know the late 80s, um, whereas yeah. the mRNA vaccine really started to get to, uh, started to ramp up its research in the late 90s. So you're talking a decade later. Um, it's not only a year old as many people sort of um, perceive, um, but it is a novel vaccine, right? We've never had an mRNA vaccine until these two um, marched onto the yeah. scene in December. I
3: agree. The technology for mRNA. Is definitely wrong, is long established. But yeah, yeah there's never been the successful implemented vaccination without yeah. mRNA. So one
1: thing, one thing I, I like to point out when people, when I have these conversations with people who are reluctant to, to accept the mRNA vaccine is, you know, the, the mRNA is a very short, um, it has a very short half-life, whether it's an mRNA that we are manufacturing, it's, you know, the M stands for messenger, and so it really is just carrying a code from the nucleus to the, uh, the protein manufacturing center of the cell, and then it de- gets degraded, and those parts get carried back into the nucleus, and it gets reformulated into another strand of mRNA and it's carried back out again and it just goes around and around so this mRNA vaccine that gets injected in the form of um in the form of these vaccines um gets degraded in the same way so the actual mRNA that triggers the immune response is gone it is destroyed in our body within hours certainly within a day or two um and a lot of people don't know that um and i and i find and i find when i talk about that feature of how this vaccine works that that point is oftentimes missed and a lot of people find that very comforting um to hear that oh that you mean it's gone that quickly and it's just the body's own immune system now working against what had been coded by that destroyed piece of mRNA and i say yes that's how it works um that's reassuring to some it might not be to you or your hypothetical person but for
3: some it is this is myself. No, yeah, yeah, no, I, that's fine. I but, know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I, I agree with your scientific analysis of that, and I would definitely tell that to other people myself personally. But you know, I think about the vaccine in a sense of any other drug, like when statins first came out, and they were giving them to everyone, and then they reached side effects years down the line. Sure. So for me. It's just any any new medical thing, and it's not you know. I wish I could. I wish I was vaccinated already. So yeah. if Novavax was available, I'd take it in a heartbeat. Sure, <laughs> you know. Sure. But and it's like, it. I just wanted to put that out there to people that like. It, there's there's conflict for some people, and it and to keep in mind to when Novavax is approved by the FDA to really do some research about it and spread that information to unvaccinated people, yes yeah. I think a lot. There's you know, a decent amount of people who have the same belief system. Yeah, no, I do and, and
1: I think it's an emotional. I mean, there's a huge emotional component to what you're telling me. I think, right? And it, it, the the novelty of this, uh, you, I, it seems like you're hearing the science. Um, and you're you certainly recognize how many doses have been administered of these vaccines um, nationwide or worldwide at this point. Um, yeah. and, and the data, you you hear all that from what I can glean. Um, but mm-hmm. there's there's this emotional component and about the novelty of this technology that scares you. So one, yeah. other, one other thing I would consider you to think about while you wait for the Novavax to be approved sometime in November um, is how much medical care would be injected into you um if you get covid and get sick from it right i mean right. talk about the amount of medicines that we suddenly are pumping and blowing right. into people in the hospital or in the icu and a sick covid patient it is both very unpleasant and very scary how much we have to do to keep these people alive um and so that I, I think it bears consideration. I mean, obviously, I'm not wishing anybody to get sick from COVID, but some do. Um, and if you're hoping to avoid, you know, sort of the impurities of medical treatment, boy, I, you know, it's it's certainly yeah. worth reconsidering um, these mRNA vaccines. Yeah. Well, I appreciate
3: that. Okay. That information. Thank you very much. And thanks thanks, thanks for, for the call. call. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks for calling, and thanks for thinking so deeply about this, and and for. Daring to call, (laughs) knowing. um, Well, she
1: didn't lead with gaslighting. No, that's true. That's true. (laughs) But
0: I know that she's certainly not the only person who feels that oh, way. Oh, yeah, I know. And, it, I mean, the point is well taken about other treatments that medicine has told us are great. Like, she was saying, statins, and I remember um, uh, hormone replacement therapy, yes. right, which yes. resulted in this
1: breast cancer Or, you know, expo- thalidomide expo- back in the 60s. So my all God, that stuff. I mean, stuff. You, know, it's, it's, you don't have to go that far back to Mm-mm. really see sort of things not having played out the way we thought.
0: They did not
1: And then you see something like the FDA approving this completely bogus, you know, Alzheimer's medication. Yes. And you're like, what not are we inspiring doing? Inspiring trust no, here, no, people. Exactly. We need to trust you yeah.
0: people. Um but but in this case we have seen millions and millions and millions of this vaccine without without negative yeah. side effects.
1: Yeah, we're we're at what, forty Six percent of the population now fully vaccinated, 46 no. percent of 300 million you know, adults over the age of 12. So that's that's a lot of people. That's 150 million people vaccinated in this country.
0: Yep. And as a former vaccine hesitant myself, the compelling argument for me was the least intervention. Give me the shot so I don't have to have any more medical treatment. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. All right, let's take another call. It's the local coronavirus update. We got about nine minutes left here with Dr. Colfax. Hey, caller, you live on the air.
2: No. Dr.
7: Colfax? Yes. Hi. Hi. Jonathan over here in Ukiah. How are you doing? And yes. I'm someone who really prides himself on really good health. Uh, I take no refined sugar into my system, no alcohol, no marijuana, no caffeine, no decaffeinated coffee. I guess what? I'm allergic to all those, and it's a blessing in disguise. forces me to be healthy.
1: Well, I, yeah. I, I, I'm glad to hear that, although that that seems okay. extreme, but go on.
7: Let's, yeah. yeah, listen to this, though. All right. Yeah. Um, I was saying I'm allergic to refined sugar. I was really willing to go over, and I did. The Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, which I was going to take, both have sucrose in them. Yeah. High, highly allergic for me. Would be hospital time, extremely scary, stuff like that. I was willing to get it. I'm not a trumper or anything like that. I hate sure. those guys. And sure. Really? So, this is, I don't know about, uh, I'm trying to find out about the Johnson & Johnson, but what is refined sugar doing in vaccines? They are horrible for your immune system, horrible for your nervous system. Come on, what's wrong with these people?
1: <laughs> well, that, the, the sucrose, the, the, the amount of sucrose in these vaccines is part of the, you know, the, the, the basically the, The polyethylene glycol, or the fat, the lipid that stabilizes the mRNA, Um, and and I think Um, the sucrose is added to uh, to help stabilize the the uh, coated mRNA.
7: Surely they could have had some other chemical that could have done what you just mentioned. I mean, this is really really preventing me from socializing. There's people, I mean, there's people that don't even do anything for their immune system or nutritionally. I do everything. And yet I'm ostracized by these people because they have gotten both vaccines. So it's a horrible situation for me.
1: Yeah, that's and, that's uh, tough. And I yeah. don't know off the top of my head, have, not having the package insert <laughs> of the Janssen and, yeah. um, vaccine in my in front of me, whether that has yeah. any sucrose in it or not. I, j- I just don't know.
7: Surely they could have come up with something better. And surely Pfizer should be able to. Uh, I mean, these are the guys. I, don't, I, I wasn't very trustworthy with them in the beginning. Anyway, these are the folks that got us all the uh, OxyContin and the opioids and all that sort of stuff. Not, not a great no, company.
1: No, not not Pfizer. No, this is okay, that, that's but the well, Sacklers.
7: Okay. You know but the, that's a, that's yeah. another matter. But yeah. at any rate, yeah. it's really a tragedy for someone like me who really values health and nutrition more than most people. Virtually any. I take care of my immune system better than almost anybody I know. Lots of great supplements for my my body and my brain and my immune system and green vibrance, all kinds of things that have really brought me back to health. Uh, Yeah, I did have quadruple bypass and two valves replaced just five years ago, rebounded back to health like I'm back in my 20s. Uh, this is not mean that I won't get to, you know, the COVID. I'm aware of that. That's why I was willing to do this sure. because I know who needs to have, you know, I probably if I got COVID would probably get over it but who needs the brain fog for the rest of my life? I just got my BA degree in history through Cal State Northridge this last fall. I turned 75 on November 3rd on That's election cool. day. I got my yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I just decided not to be rest on my laurels. I just took two psych courses over at the uh, local college here and got A's in both. I'm kind of on a roll, and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, I can't go down to visit my sister-in-law down in Southern California. She really wants to see me, but she absolutely insisted that I have both vaccines. Right. And I, I understand. I understand.
1: I, I, as I'm sitting here and, and I hear you, I, and I, 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 I'm, I, I'm sorry for your
7: predicament,
1: but I, yeah. I, I, w- I would have to go back and confirm that both of the vaccines have sucrose in them. I, and I presume you've looked into that. They Just- had
7: a list. They had a list over at the, uh, the fairgrounds in Ukiah when I went over to get my vaccine in. For the Pfizer, and I asked for a list of the ingredients, and yeah. right at the end of the ingredients, they had a, I had a two-page list or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's so a long so. list. Yeah. Same with Moderna.
1: Okay. yeah, I defer, to, I defer to your source, but I
7: would have to confirm that. Can you do that, yeah. something? I am willing, if they will give me a fraction, a fraction of the vaccine, and then... You know, and then if it works and I don't get too bad of a reaction, then maybe oh. a little bit more the next time. I'm willing to do that.
1: Well, that's, a- that's worth a conversation <laughs> with your provider because it is now being distributed much more generously um, to health care centers. <laughs> Um, and yeah. they're actually even cracking vials to administer a single dose um, because we have so that's much surplus so they may yeah. be willing to give you a tenth of a dose as a test dose and you come back in two days for a full dose that would be a you know that would be sort of an immune test which right. they which allergists and immune, immunologists do all the time um, so that's worth considering that and worth a conversation how
7: about yeah. if, how about if I have you as uh, back in the app can you? Can you persuade some of these guys to do that? Because well, I don't have nearly
1: the leverage you have. Well, I, you <laughs> overestimate my leverage, to be sure.
6: Yeah.
0: Well, also, it it occurs to me that people do have reactions to the vaccines who aren't even um, allergic to sugar. That there are people do have reactions. Oh, to sure. It, so, yeah.
1: No, every everybody reacts differently to this, and you know, the lucky few don't have any reaction at all, and you know, they. Perhaps 50% have some degree of reaction, which is you know tolerable for most everybody.
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't awesome, but you get through it. Yeah. Um, uh, should we announce the vaccine opportunities this week before we go? Oh goodness,
1: we yes, we have um,
0: There's one this afternoon, starting at four, and, uh, and these are Johnson and Johnson and Moderna vaccines. So all individuals age 18 and older. There's one from four to five o'clock today at the Point Arena High School. Um, and that's a walk-up. So for, you can, if you're in Point Arena or South Coast, you can head over to the high school and get a Johnson & Johnson shot or a Moderna shot. Oh, and they're doing Pfizer. All, all vaccine types. Boy, pick your
1: vaccine. Yeah, yeah. really.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the 15th tomorrow from 1 to 3 at Willits High School. All vaccine types. Walk-up only. Um, everyone 12 and older can, can go to that. Uh, it's Rexall parking lot on Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, all vaccine types available there. On Wednesday, we have um, all vaccine types at the Ukiah Fairgrounds from 4 to 7 p.m. That's Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer. And then on the 17th, which is Thursday, um, at Mendocino Presbyterian Church, we have Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer from 4 to 6 p.m. That's in Mendocino in the Mendocino Village, and then also on Thursday at Mariposa Market in Willits from 3 to 4 p.m., and that's all vaccine types available. So, hey, you know, they're really catching people uh, where they shop and where they go to school and and making it as convenient as possible to get a shot of your choice. Yeah,
1: I saw a pop-up vaccine clinic in Boonville just, I guess it was last week. Where was it? Right right across from the fairgrounds. Really? Yeah. Popped up right there. Right Get out of the shot?
0: right out of the asphalt as yeah. you're driving through. Yeah,
6: yeah.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and you can look again at all of these vaccine events at MendocinoCounty.org, and this is just the ones the county's putting on. All of the all of the pharmacies Not are offering it. All the it. pharmacies
1: have it. All the, all the FQHCs. Clinics? Yes, all the clinics are on the county. VA. VA. You can get it you if you want it. trip
0: over it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, what we need to see in this county is, you know, some compensation for getting testing. Um, and so I, you know, I think a state policy or a county policy or a national policy okay. should be a $20 bill for a COVID test. Um, but, I'll take it. All right.
0: All right. That's going to do it for us. It's the local coronavirus update. I'm Alicia Bales with Dr. Drew Colfax. Be safe.
1: Be Thanks. COVID safe. Be
0: COVID safe. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Monday from 3 to 4.
1: Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening.
6: You've been listening to the local
1: coronavirus update from KZYXMZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ and Ukiah at 91.5 FM and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or
6: become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.